0: I don't think there's a great team in the league. Probably yeah. the best performance that I've seen this year for for uh, you know 60 minutes, uh, Chris, was LSU going to Mississippi State and laying waste to them. Uh, yeah. But we all know what happened to them a couple weeks ago against FSU. So I don't know that there's a great team in the league. Uh, we'll know a lot more about Ole Miss this weekend. Uh, and quite frankly, if they beat Alabama, then Alabama is done. Alabama season is is uh is in up in up in flames. Uh and they I know technically they would still be alive in the SEC West and it could be a wide open race, but I'm sorry. If they lose at home to the Ole Miss Rebels, and you still have to go to College Station, to Starkville, to Auburn, LSU at home, Tennessee at home, Alabama's not winning the, the Western division. And to me, yeah. if they lose this game. Uh, I, I really going to be, I'm going to wonder how Saban's going to react because they've never lost two games this early in the season. If it happened, yeah. this would be in the first yeah. month of the season. Uh, even, you know, I, if, if you remember his first year, they played LSU and had a lead against the, the eventual national champions. And they were six and two at that point. So they were still, yeah. and they weren't supposed to be good. And they ended up not being great. They ended up being seven and six. So there really wasn't a lot of expectations. And then in 2010, the year after they won their first championship, they still uh, when they went to LSU in November, they still had a shot. They only had one loss; it was to South Carolina on the road. But then they lost to LSU in a tight game, and then they you know they, they weren't uh, going to be a championship contender by the time they got to Auburn. But then they lost that crazy uh, you know Camback game and ended up winning the tenth game against Michigan State, and then won two straight national championships. But in reality, they've been in contention every year. This is the most peril I've seen a Nick Saban team under ever. And, I mean, even the first year because they started much stronger than people anticipated. But this is a huge fork in the road game, not just for this year, but for what I think, you know, it it is Nick Saban near the end. I mean, because I just – I have not liked what I've seen so far. I don't like the vibe around the team. I don't like the leadership, uh, I think, on the field. I don't think it's been very good. And they do a lot of talking. But not a lot of action. And so I'm, I'm just really anxious to see if Nick Saban can reach this team. He's always known what buttons to push, but I'll quite frankly, I have no idea what's going to happen on Saturday. I, I I was leaning toward Alabama before Saban came out and quickly named Milroe the starter again, only because I thought Tyler Buckner had earned a shot to be the guy with a quick hook if he was struggling in the first half with Milrow ready to go. And I, because I thought, Ty, he was the first snaps of his career that meant something. And I thought, yeah. I mean, and think about this. They were losing three to nothing to a South Florida team that's eight and forty-three in their last 51 games going oh into that game. And so they're losing. But he led them to 17 points. It was ugly. It was probably the ugliest saving win since 2014, a 14 to 13 win in Fayetteville against Arkansas that galvanized that team. But that was an SEC opponent. Not a group of five of one that's probably going to have a losing record that had already been blown out by Western Kentucky and had trouble with Florida A and M. So again, it was just uh, it was not a great effort. uh, But I thought he earned a a start. He didn't get one, and now we got to see what Milrow does. Because I'll be honest with you, Chris. I've said it on my show. I've already said it on another show this morning, and I'll say it here. Milrow was suspended. Okay, you don't go to third. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense because he didn't play great against Texas, but he still threw for 255 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He went from first to third because of some—he had a bad week on and off the field—and yeah. then had to kind of win the coaches back. And he's done so quickly. And I guess he does have the locker room, so we'll see if it works. But I guess got to tell you, uh, Nick Saban, Tommy Rees, uh, you know, and and Eric Wolford—they're all on the clock, man. The, the, yeah. This team is too talented to look like they've looked, and it's, right now I would give the coaching job a D, at least offensively, and with this team overall. The defense is playing well, the special teams has been good, uh, but the the offense it's a D. It's it's just been ho- horrendous.
1: Okay, that's interesting on Milro. Was that a didn't react well to being told the the quarterback job was maybe up for? for competition or, or was the quarterback job up for competition because of something else
0: Uh I'll just say it in this way I think he had a bad week on the practice field and I think he had some things off the field uh, Okay fair enough field so I just think overall you know he it was a, it was a combination of things but it was enough to where let's just let's just say and you could tell by the body language and everything that was going on on the sideline against South Florida, no matter what happened in that game, he was not playing because okay. they, they traveled Dylan Lonergan. They had four – they traveled four quarterbacks, okay? And so – and they let Milro dress and travel but he was not going to play because it was going to be Tyler Buckner, and the plan was Buckner could put the game away, and then you play Stimson probably and just get him some reps. But guess what? Buckner was so bad, and he got kind of hung out to drive by the coaching staff too because they didn't run any zone read. uh, They didn't run any RPO because Tyler Buckner is more of a gamer. And what I mean by that is he's not a pure passer. He needs to use his mobility. He needs to throw the ball on the run, moving pocket, use his legs, get him going. It's one of those things where you almost need to run him a few times, then get him throwing the football. He's not a pure passer, and I thought they kind of hung him out to dry. Now, he had throws he should have made, uh, and he almost had a 50-yard touchdown he hit. But it was just a tough situation all the way around, plus a monsoon hit. Uh, but, again, yeah. I just feel like overall that the, the game plan wasn't great, it really wasn't great for, uh, for uh, Texas. So, I just think overall, though, uh, with Tyler Buckner, he's a he is he does have more experience than the other quarterbacks. But it was at another school under Tommy Rees. But Tommy Reese is running Nick Saban's offense. But what Nick Saban needs to do, they need to kind of go back in time. They changed their offense for Tua Tungo Loa and even for Jalen Hurts to a degree. And they need to do it again because you can't run what you're running under Bryce Young with these two quarterbacks, Buckner and Milrow. You can with Ty Simpson if you keep getting him reps, and if you decide to develop Dylan Lonergan this year. But if you're going to use Tyler Buckner and especially Jalen Milrow, who have great mobility, the offense has got to be tailored to their strengths, and they've got to tweak some things and do it in a hurry. With an old Miss team, Chris, that's coming in undefeated, and if, and if you you know this league, you guys do a great job at Southeastern 14. There is nothing that Lane Kiffin and uh, Pete Golding would rather do than beat yeah. Nick Saban.
1: Well, and if and if he doesn't beat Nick Saban this Saturday, that's going to kind of become one of those, okay, if he can't do it now, is he ever going to do it things, which which I think that's unfair. I mean, didn't we hear that about Kirby Smart when he didn't beat Alabama a couple times, like, oh, he's never going to do it. We know how that turned out. But th- that's going to be an interesting situation to monitor at Ole Miss if, if they don't win that game Saturday.
0: It is. I mean, but I will say this. The difference is Georgia with Kirby, they I know they hadn't done anything since Herschel Walker from a national championship perspective, but they've won SEC championships under Mark Rick. They've got a history of, you know, competing. Ole Miss has not won a championship in the league since the 60s. And I and I'll just yeah. say this about Ole Miss. They're comfortable where they're at. Like from the standpoint, they want to win a championship. It's not like they don't. But if they don't beat Alabama, it's not like they're going to fire Lane Kiffin. Uh, he turned, you know, he he rebuffed Auburn last year when they were when they were heavily, you know, flirting with him. They're paying him nine million dollars a year. If Lane Kiffin, even if he doesn't beat Alabama, if he goes eight and four and nine and three every year and and continues to be a factor on Twitter and, and trending in social media, Ole Miss is going to be just fine with that. Because I think yeah. their, their administration is comfortable with it. And they would like them to beat Alabama every now and then. He doesn't have to beat Alabama every year or every other year. They just like him to beat Alabama every, you know, uh, one time. And I think it would buy him even more equity. But I think the one thing about Ole Miss is they know where they are. They know who they are. Uh, and they uh, they know that, uh, again, that they, they they should be a bowl team this year. Lane's done a good job of that. He got them to the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, he's been building this program. Now a next big step would be beating Alabama. There's no question about it. And I'll be honest with you, if, if, if they do beat Alabama, uh, to me, I, I, again, it, it really I really have to question where this Alabama football programs going because I think they still have a lot of talent. Uh, I still say this, I still think they got one of the best running back rooms in the SEC. I think the wide receiver rooms better than people think and i think the o line can improve if it's tweaked properly cuz trust me i've been around this bama program i've seen o line struggle uh, yeah. i watched 2012 one of the best o lines they ever had they beat uh, you know willie taggart in western kentucky 35 nothing but i think gave up seven sacks and Flicker gave up five they looked terrible in pass protection but by the end of the year they were the best o line in the country so they can improve but again i'll just i'm going to put it squarely on it it's the coaching it's coaching right now it's not talent and I understand this is an NIL transfer portal era. And I told you about the locker room and the and the culture and everything, but that's on the coaches. You got to yeah. learn how to reach kids and you got to coach them and put them in the best position. So the the onus this week is on Alabama's offensive staff because you got to find a way to me, to win this game. You got to find a way to get in the 30s because Lane's going to score and they've got a talented offense and you got to score in this league. And if you can't get, I'll just say this: Alabama's magic number to me is somewhere between thirty-one and thirty-five. If they don't get it there, even though the mm. defense has played well, then they're going to be in a dogfight, and it's going to it might not not might not go their way. They've got to find a way to score points.
1: Drew, I think people have trouble understanding that there can be multiple explanations for things. I mean, and and I do think some of this is on coaching, but you say it's not a talent issue. Look, you you know that program. 20 times better than I do. And so when you say something, I'm going to respect it. But when I watch them, okay, quarterback, they, they don't have a talented quarterback like they've had in the past. I I don't see a Derrick Henry. I don't see a receiving group like they've had. I don't see Lyman like they've had. Um, I, I don't see a Will Anderson on that team, although Dallas Turner's plenty good. Is, is it not some what a talent issue? Or, or tell me where I'm missing that here if I'm wrong.
0: Well, I don't think it's a talent as much of a talent as you are. Is there a Derrick Henry? Is there a Mark Ingram right now? Maybe a yeah. running back? No, but um, there's there's Eddie Lacy's there. He was a he yeah. was a okay uh, round pick. Uh, there, there, the Jace McClellan can play in the NFL. Roy Dell Williams just had 130 yards uh, and he ran the ball hard. Uh, I know the two guys, the young guys. I think they need more opportunities. Jam Miller and Justice Haynes. What I've seen from him in in practices and scrimmages, I know they can play. Um, and then I, again, these receivers—is there a? These are not the rideouts. I mean, they, there's not yeah. first and second round picks. But I think Jermaine Burton is capable of making an NFL team. Uh, yeah. Ja'Kory Brooks has been MIA. He's he's really kind of fallen off the map. We'll see if he gets back. I mean, I think he had some opportunities. He was open against Texas. They missed him. Uh, but I think Bond has made some plays. I think he can play on in an NFL roster. Um, I, I definitely love the young tight end, Nye Black. We saw finally C.J. Dupree mm-hmm. make a big play Saturday. What it is, it, it's a, it's twofold. They've got to they've got to come up with a cohesive plan on offense and and help settle the uh, offensive line down because not having Tyler Booker last week was huge. He's their best interior offensive lineman, probably the leader of the room. Uh, they got to get him back, but they got to have cohesion with an offensive plan. They've got to get the O line going. And then, quite frankly, I still say a majority of these issues have been the quarterback. There's been a lot of holding the ball too long. And then the biggest problem with Milro, he is one of the three fastest players on the team. He is arguably the best athlete on the team. He's six foot two, 220 pounds. Here's the problem it's well, some of it is mentality. The, I know people that know his family very well and the people around him. And this is the way they've coached him to at Alabama. And that's why I put the onus on the coaches. They're trying to make him into a pocket quarterback, and he's not. He's not a, a one, two, three read, pocket QB. What he is is he's a, he's a zone read, RPO QB with amazing athleticism and speed, and he needs to be using that to his advantage. They need to be putting extra pressure on defenses with his legs, which will help the running game and which should help the wide receivers get open, even though they're not as dynamic. It should be an offense very similar to the one you saw under Dennis Franchoni many years ago for Alabama. And I'll argue then when Dennis was, because remember when Dennis came to Alabama, they were coming off probation. They didn't have a running back room in those days as deep as this one. And they didn't have great receivers, but he got them wide open because he schemed them open. So right now, uh, Tommy Reese is making 1.9 million. Nick Saban's making 11 million. Uh, Wolford's a high, pay, highly paid I think 900,000 offensive line coach. You got to earn your money. You guys got to, Come up with a plan to where these guys can be effective. You can still be a really good offensive unit. And I'll be honest, I don't think this is a great old miss defense. I think they can be had. I don't think, I think they've got some personnel deficiencies, but Alabama has to start playing up to their talent level. And they're not. And when they're and and a friend of mine who I respect in this business, you always have these guys you can go to, Chris. I know you do, that I respect mm-hmm. tremendously. He has so many coaching contacts. He knows recruiting backwards and forwards. He told me this weekend, poor coaching can really mask talent. Like you think, well, these guys mm. don't have that many good players. Well, it's because your scheme's not very good and you're not doing a very good job of putting your players in position to to uh, perform. And I think from an offensive standpoint, we've seen a lot of that at Alabama so far. They played well against Middle Tennessee, and and Milroe used his legs. But yeah. they – but I just don't think there's been enough quarterback run game incorporated in this. But I also say this: I think the coaching staff has to reach Milrow and be like, "Look, you are gifted. We have to use your explosive athletic ability if we are going to win football games. That is one of the things that has to be featured in this offense. And he has to understand that, and he's got to he's got to do his job, uh, run the zone read properly, uh, you know, run run the RPO. And he and they ran some RPO at the beginning of the Texas game, and we're moving the football. But you have to stay with that. To me, you have that has to be the the bread and butter of your offense with this group because they they've been they've been blessed. And you mentioned it already at the beginning of the segment with quarterback play, even going all the way back to Jalen Hurts. The one thing Jalen did too, unlike Milrow, milroe is a good deep ball thrower, but Milroe has struggled with the short intermediate game. Jalen did not. Yeah, the only thing Jalen did never did. Jalen never turned it over. Okay, I think uh, in about three starts. Milrow has got six turnovers. Hurts yeah. in two years had 10. He just doesn't – he didn't turn the ball over. And then after that, you've got Tua Tungvaloa, Mac Jones, and Bryce Young. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. From You can run a drop-back RPO-based uh, passing system then because you've got somebody that – you've got quarterbacks that are comfortable reading, that are great passers, that know how to throw with accuracy, anticipation, and rhythm. Right now you don't have that, so you've got to tweak what you're doing uh, and you and it's just like back with Andrew Zow Tyler Watts days. Tyler Watts mm-hmm. was a perfect fit for Franchoni's offense, and that's why he did so well because he could run and throw. Well, Jalen Milrow can do that too, but what they have to do is scheme and then he's and quite frankly, this is Milro's last shot. What I mean by that is if if they drop another game or two and he's not playing well and he loses his job again, I don't think he'll get it back because Alabama's gonna yeah. go to the young guys. He's got to tur- keep the turnovers down, just play, make plays, use his athleticism, use what God gave him. And Alabama can still be a good football team in this league and at least make a run at the at the SEC West. But a big fork in the road and probably the biggest in the Saban era uh, now in a long, long time as far as continuing to keep this program atop the SEC is, is uh, Saturday at
1: 2.30. All right, I've got – Two comments and an observation. One of them, and I think Blaine makes a a great point here, and you look at these names that he's bringing up. I don't know if you can see it on your screen. I can see it. But, I mean, Alabama had analysts who were, you know, elite coordinator and head coach types. It's analysts. I mean, I don't know that you can ever do that again. It's like back when Miami had – yeah, how many NFL players on, on the team that, that played Ohio State for the Natty that one year? Right. Um, I, I just I just don't know that's a that's it even for Nick Saban, can you ever hit it like that again? I, I don't know that that's realistic. And then the, the talent, I mean, we named the players and, and and I think your point was was a good one. You you probably said the thing that connected the dots for me. Yeah, just because they're not Derrick Henry and Devontae Smith doesn't mean they're not. NFL level players. And and to me, that was kind of the explanation that, that closed the loop for me there.
0: But, I mean, he, yeah, he,
1: yeah. he's
0: he 3,000 right. yard rusher and he's still in the NFL. Not all of them are going to be first round picks, but they're NFL players. And I, yeah. I just think they're not being showcased properly. And, and right now you mentioned that in Blaine's had that comment. I will say Alabama's still recruiting at a very high level. I mean, they signed arguably the top class he's ever signed this past, uh, you know, uh, uh, December and into, into, February. Uh, they have, they have a very talented freshman class in there right now, but you bring up a good point. He has been gutted over the years. He's never returned his whole coaching staff. He's had a lot of analysts major, the major Apple whites. He lost a big one that's been with him for two different stints. Alex Mortensen left to go, uh, to the UAB with Trenton Dilfer as offensive coordinator. He was kind of a quarterback whisperer guru kind of guy, uh, so right now he does. I think he's made some poor hires. There's no doubt in my mind, guys that aren't elite coaches. I don't think two of their defensive coaches, Coleman Hutzler along that with the outside linebackers, and the defensive line coach, Freddie Roach, are elite coaches. And that's on defense. Yeah. And the defense hasn't been the problem. Uh, but I don't think they're elite. And then right now, there is major question. Uh, because last year, everybody was, if, you just, if Bill O'Brien's gone, they'll be fine. Well, they averaged 40 points a game. You know, yeah. I thought Bill did a good job. Was he a great fit for the college game? Probably not, but he still produced. How many points per game did they average? Well, right now, Tommy Reese, and he inherited some of this, but it, Tommy Reese is making a lot of money. You've got to figure yeah. it out. You've got to figure out where the puzzle pieces go. Eric Wolford has to figure it out. Uh, and, and Nick Saban, because Nick Saban, it, I'm going to go back to, I know he's uh, reviled by some people, but it's a quote that it's never, I've never forgotten. And it was when he when he and I still think he was a trailblazer as a high school coach, and he said it on the two a day show. I'll never forget Rush Probe saying this. When you build a beast, you have to learn how to feed it every year yeah. because the expectations don't change. Everybody wants to win every year. And if once you once you establish that as the standard and what are they talk about all the time, the Bama standard? Well, they've got to get back to that and. Again, they've got to figure this stuff out, and there's a lot of pressure, It's but, but you're paid a lot of money. And so Alabama's got talent. I think they've got more talent than Ole Miss. I think they should beat Ole Miss at home. But are they going to look like a cohesive unit? Are they going to look like a team? Uh, they've already had an, another closed-door meeting with the players uh, this week to start the week. Is it going to work? I've been asked that already ten times. Like, what do you know about the meeting? I, I just said, I, really, I don't know much. But I said, I just say this. They've done a lot of talking and not a lot of playing. So you need to get you need to let your pads and your and your helmets do the talking, and that's what Alabama needs to do on Saturday against Ole Miss.
1: The other thing I want to ask you: we look at this and we say, how in the world could the, the greatest coach in the history of college football, with the the quarterbacks they have produced, not have a quarterback? And someone explained it to me this way: it wasn't like they they stopped recruiting quarterbacks and weren't in on guys. But kids look at that room and they say, hey, wait a minute, you know, you're putting you're having Heisman guys back up other Heisman guys, that kind of thing. And and do I want to sit and wait my turn or do I want to go to another elite elite program, and have a chance to play faster? Uh, is, is that a fair way to put it that, yeah, maybe if everybody knew in 2023 things were going to play out this way, that they would have had different guys in the room?
0: Well, here's what I think happened. They definitely would have taken Drake May. He committed to Alabama he ever went to North Carolina. But if you – everybody digs with the May family, uncles, father played at North Carolina football, Luke May basketball, whole family went to UNC, okay? And then it goes back to your point. He saw Bryce Young on the team, and he'd have to wait two years to play. He didn't want to do that. And then they also hook him up with a big NIL deal with Jordan Brand, UNC. So there you go. I mean – he w- and guess what? He's still probably going to be the first or the second pick coming out of North Carolina. So he yep. didn't hurt himself in any way. He got on the field for two full years. So that's what happened there. Um, and then I think uh, Coach Saban, and, those, and I think they thought Ty Simpson being a five-star, and he looked great, but he came from a small school, Martin High School in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and he was a son of a coach, but they thought he was going to be ready after a redshirt year to really win this job and probably beat out Jalen milro but once they realized, oh Lord, he didn't make the progress we wanted in the spring, and neither did Milrow. We got to go get somebody. When probably what they should have done, there was two other options that could have been bridges for a year that are likely both going to be in the NFL draft next year. Uh, and and uh, uh, Chris, and what they could, if they had, if they had been, uh, done their due diligence a little better and realized, okay, I'm not sure Ty's ready. I guess they put too much into that. But if they were gonna knew they were gonna have to go into the portal, and they 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 realized it kind of late, and that's why they had to go get Buckner, who lost the job to Sam Hartman. But quite frankly, Alabama should have been the Sam Hartman or Riley mm. Leonard sweepstakes. Uh, I know they they flirted with Tyler Van Dyke, but that was after spring practice, and he wasn't going to leave Miami. Miami's got money too. But but Riley Leonard is from Fairhope, Alabama. I watched him play high school basketball. He's basically a more athletic Jake Coker. And he had a great redshirt freshman year at Duke. If you're going through third parties, and we all know this is how this is done, if Alabama lets Riley Leonard know, you want to come home and play quarterback for the University of Alabama, they could have got him or Sam Hartman as a bridge for a year to give time more time. And then you got Dylan Lonergan, your redshirting, and then uh, Julian Sayan coming in. But instead, I think they, they miscalculated it. And they were hoping that, that even over the summer, that uh, Ty Simpson would continue to improve. And I think he had a good summer, but it's just been a maturity thing. And even though Ty did a good job last week, he's still not quite ready, I think, in the coach's eyes to be the guy yet. Now, he may get another opportunity this year, depending on Milrow. But again, I think the big thing they miscalculated was Ty Simpson's development, and they had to go get Tyler Buckner. And, And while he's a gamer type, he's definitely notches below a Riley Leonard or a Sam Hartman. And that's right now, that's why we're Alabama is. And because Drake May didn't want to wait. Sometimes yeah. it's the old that the old ad is like you said, you got a loaded room. Well, sometimes it's hard to recruit kids. And, and Steve Sarkeesian actually did sign Milro, really liked him as a player. They've always liked his upside. But again, so much of quarterbacking is the neck up. And I think that's yeah. what where Milro has struggled a lot with his reads and his ability to to process and, and and get rid of the ball on time. And same way even with Ty Simpson, I think it's still a little fast for him. And so remember Mac Jones, he had the luxury of sitting behind Tua and Jalen. And he he didn't play to his fourth year. But that in this day and time, that is just not happening a lot. And so he and he even had a year of eligibility left when he turned pro, did Mac. Because there was no nothing more for him to do. I mean, he lit it up. He yeah. won a national championship. So, but again, I just think Alabama overcalculated their QB room. I think they, I think they thought Ty would be ready. I thought Ty would be ready. I went, I may, I think I may have gone on your show uh, in the spring and said I thought Ty Simpson would win the job, but he just has not been ready. Uh, I thought he did a good job in a difficult circumstance the other day, but he's opened the door for Milrow, and now this is Milrow's show. And uh, he is a, with, with what Coach Saban did yesterday. He is unquestionably QB one, but now he has to keep the job and perform. If he does, Alabama and he can protect the ball. They've still got a chance to have a good year. Uh, but if everything runs off the rails in the next two weeks, then to me, you got to cut your losses and just play the young guys, and then keep recruiting and trying to bring in another elite talent, like a Julian saying. Ah, uh, to try to to develop at the quarterback position and have a true competition in the spring, but it's you know, but it happens to everyone. I mean, Coach Bowden finally his program finally started, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of declining a little bit, and then he ended up being forced into retirement. What I've told a lot of people, I think Nick Saban's on the greatest run we've ever seen in college football history, but I hope it ends like he wants it to, and he he deserves to coach as long as he wants to. There's no way he should be on a hot seat but what we've always seen most of the time is that these coaching uh journeys and these and these guys careers a lot of times don't end the way you want them to yeah and either almost they never. Either, either they hang around too long or either uh, like a Joe Paterno uh, or mm-hmm. a Bobby Bowden or you know they just end up yeah you know, by the time they're done they're just not winning football games or basketball games anymore at the clip that they, that you're accustomed to seeing and they end up retiring, and it's still a big deal, like a Bob Knight, but Bob Knight was his own worst enemy, but, you know, his career, he ended his career at Texas Tech, okay? He should have ended it at Indiana, but that was a lot of his own doing. But, again, a lot of times uh, these coaching journeys, they don't end like Coach K a lot of times, where you're in the Final yeah. Four for it all. that That's kind of a fairy tale. Hopefully Nick Saban will have a fairy tale. He deserves it. Uh, But this Mm -hmm. is going to be maybe the toughest challenge of his career because of this NIL, the transfer portal, and the players having all the power.